0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 26 of the Game Explain Real Talk podcast. As always, I'm your host Derek Bittner, and I'm joined today by Ash Paulson. No Andre today; he's a little busy with some other things, so it's just going to be the two of us uh, keeping you entertained. So, Ash, what have you what have you been up to this past week?
1: Working and being a boring adult unfortunately. <laughs> that's really honestly about it. I have been working non-stop on these Persona 4 manga uh, volumes that I have to have edited by really the end of today. So I'm finishing those out today. And uh, honestly, that's really about it. I mean, I've been playing some Pokemon, well, quite a bit of Pokemon Go when I go out and about. Um, other than that, I have been playing some Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix when I'm able to steal away a few minutes and just like pop open my 3DS for a bit. But uh, other than that, I have just been glued to work, and not the fun gaming kind of work, but the, the not fun non-gaming kind of
0: work. <laughs> well, it's related to gaming, but it's not the fun type of gaming work. Exactly. That yeah. sort of thing. So, that's yeah. pretty much it. What
1: about you? I mean, well,
0: this past weekend, I uh, went to my sister's wedding, and I wasn't sure how it was all going to go, because, it's, well, obviously it's the first time I've been on a wedding on the other side. Usually I just show up and you know see the end results i don't see all the hectic uh, nature of everything going into a wedding oh yeah um it went really well i ended up being a very nice ceremony i i missed most of it uh because my nephew wasn't being bad not (laughs) per se uh, and it's their kid um so i what i he he was basically he didn't want to sit still so my uh his um grandmother on, on the husband's side um let him down and he was being quiet but what he was doing was just going around going along picking up the petals from the oh, flower geez. girl which you know is cute and all but also everybody but was paying attention attention to him not yeah. the wedding so uh. i'm like i look at my mother and she looks at me and like yeah take them and i'm like okay and I pick him up and take him out and he was already he was getting a little fussy there and uh whatnot but i I had to take him out. so I missed most of it I came back for t- towards the tail end and got to see you know the Night you2 may kiss and all that good stuff but you know I just was basically on keep him quiet for the wedding <laughs> so it's all on them and then uh, I gotcha got him back and the, after that it was a good time uh you know it was um just you know it was a wedding <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, at least he might have a future in Greenpeace if he's just going around picking up stuff off the, off the ground, you know. Yeah,
0: exactly. Just taking care of trouble. I mean, man, he—I was trying to wear him out because there was a set of uh, a staircase nearby, so I put him at the bottom of a pretty lengthy staircase, <laughs> and he's a little over one now. He climbed that entire thing with no issue. It's like he got done. he's like okay, he's still full of energy. I'm like, oh my god, what does it take to wear this kid out?
1: Uh, to be a kid <laughs> again, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, it, it's it, it's crazy, but no, it went very well. And uh, you know, I was away for the weekend, and I actually got to ch- see if I could find anything new as far as Pokemon Go. And I while there wasn't a whole lot different. I did, I was able to find a Tauros and uh, Tangela, so that was nice.
1: Oh, okay, I did just get a Tangela from an egg recently. I think my Dex is up to 105 or 104, which is. Honestly, a little bit further than I thought I would get uh, this soon, I guess, just because the game came out right before I had to travel anyway, mm-hmm. so I was able to just kind of, by matter of the course of my regular life, find a bunch of different Pokemon in, in different places. So, yeah. uh, it's amazing just how many interesting and good Pokemon are up at the Central California beach. Uh, my parents have a little condo up there, so my wife and I, we went up on, like, on a mini vacation right after Comic-Con, and they had... So many interesting Pokemon up there. I caught a wild Gyarados up there, which was, you know...
0: (laughs) It's completely unfair because it's everybody awesome. Everybody else needs 400 candies to get that dang thing.
1: <laughs> only the only the weak need 400 candies to evolve Gyarados, <laughs> all right? But I, I mean, I also caught like a Hitmonlee and a Hitmonchan up there, and I was able to catch enough electrodes and, or sorry, uh, Voltorbs and uh, Magnemites to evolve both of them. So, oh wow, quite a few good stuff up there. Um, so that's been a lot of fun. Unfortunately, coming back to Koreatown. Same as ever, it's just like Growlithe and Geodudes and like mm-hmm. Sandrews as far as the eye can see. See, I, need all,
0: like I need all three of those. <laughs> really? So funny. <laughs> well, that's the funny come thing. to K-Town. There you go. Yeah. That's the really funny thing. I'm, I'm looking forward. I have a um, my own vacation coming up in early September and uh, we're, we go down to North Carolina. So I'm hoping both on the trip down and around that area, even though it's kind of out of the way. Hopefully I'll find some decent Pokémon that I don't have up here. Because uh, that was my issue, is I kept finding the same ones that I see all the time. It was just driving me nuts. Uh, I know I won't have very many poke stops, that's for sure. Not around that area. I'll be yeah. shocked if I do.
1: Yeah, you might have to actually buy some PokéBalls while you're there, yeah?
0: Yeah, it might end up being that way. Who, who knows? But, uh, you know, it's 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 been fun to do it on occasion. But we'll get into more Pokémon GO stuff later. Uh, otherwise, my week has been... Uh, Pokemon, <laughs> Honestly, yeah. enough, I can't get away from this stuff. It, it, it's it's crazy. Like, uh, thank God I'm like I've had a second resurgence in my love of this series. Like I've always been kind of into it, but I don't think I've been into it as into it as I have lately, and uh, that's that's helped me tremendously <laughs> with what I've had to do recently because, um, you know, we had that new trailer come out, and you know, five minute trailer usually means there's a decent amount of stuff, but I did not ever think that I would get up to a 42-minute analysis for a single that's, trailer.
1: That's insane. I mean, it is good that you have a lot of existing love for Pokemon because if you didn't, that would be that would be really tough to get through, especially with the rate that they're starting to release new Sun and Moon news now.
0: Mm-hmm, because we have more news coming out, well, a week from now from when we're recording this. So yeah. it might be... Starting anew, you know. I don't. I don't think they're going to reveal as quite as much as they did this time. I do think that
1: that would surprise me. Yeah,
0: but we got that, and then the week after that is when Pokemon Worlds comes out with you know the whole competition aspect, and they always reveal something at that point. At that point, when it comes to the new game, so exactly. Yeah, it's just like wow. It's just it, it's keeping me on my toes, and we still have to wait till November for this. So I have. A good three three months, I'd say at least uh, yeah, three and a half months, really, to get through more Pokemon information before the game is out. It's not. It's 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 really crazy.
1: And yeah, it feels like they've already blown the lid open on so many new features and just so much content that it's hard to imagine what they're going to still talk about for three and a half more months.
0: And you look at it and you realize there's quite a bit that there's a, there's a lot of possibility in there, and yeah. I think we've only been introduced to maybe. Thirty new Pokemon. So hopefully we have quite a bit That's more true. coming beyond that. So I, th- I think they still have quite a bit left to share, but uh, we'll see. Uh, I just like I'm trying. I'm 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 looking back at what I did, and I'm like, how the heck did I do that? Because I sat down, c- took all my notes, cranked out a 14-page paper in a single day. Which Jesus, I don't think I ever did that in college.
1: Probably <laughs> not. No.
0: So you know, doing that and then had to record it, and that's – gosh, basically every page is three minutes of uh, completed editing f- footage, and usually it's six to eight minutes for per page for just me to get to read a an, uh, script, and you know how that goes. Oh yeah, with the reviews and whatnot. So yeah, <laughs> it was it was quite the effort to put that like uh, put all that together. Like I don't normally talk about analysis too much, but that's one I really want to sort of emphasize how much work went into that.
1: <laughs> oh, no, totally. And, well, and I think the reason Andre's not joining us today is because he's working on his own analysis.
0: Yes, yes. He's I mean,
1: still working on Zelda.
0: Yeah, and that's that's <laughs> the thing. It's it's really easy to point to me and people be like, "Well, Derek just, you know, cranked out a 42-minute analysis in You know, three days. And where's Andre with his, um, where's Andre with the Zelda analysis? And here's the difference: Pokemon was five, (laughs) a five-minute trailer and a six-minute Japanese trailer with a bunch of supplemental material on the website, all pretty much condensed. Andre's working off Zelda, which has hours of footage from multiple sources and different angles, and it's so much more open there is so much to cover there and that's why you know we just have to continually ask for you guys patience for that analysis it is coming eventually i have no idea when i don't think any of us do but yeah (laughs) we'll see and
1: he's foregoing all these incredibly entertaining fun podcast discussions so we can bring it to you faster oh yeah
0: well we'll see (laughs) (laughs) but yeah other than that I, i i haven't played any games uh haven't had the time for it at all, but you're going to be playing a game pretty soon.
1: Yes, well, I assume you're talking about the, uh, the new Miku game. Well, I,
0: no, I was actually talking about your, you, you're actually streaming, finally.
1: Oh, that's true. Okay, yeah. that's. I, I was like, wait, are you talking about Miku or are you talking about... Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> yes, I am uh, starting finally starting my Chrono Trigger stream this weekend, uh, tomorrow, actually, which will be very exciting. Mm-hmm. Or this and, past weekend uh, for you
0: guys that aren't part of the Patreon. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's a way. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you have been streaming quite a few games, and now I'm finally going to step up to the plate with Chrono Trigger, and we'll see how long that takes. Um, but yeah, you know that's that's has always been well not always, but ever since I played it, it has been my favorite game of all time, and uh, I have never really had a chance to play it with other people before. You know, I've played Chrono Trigger countless times by myself. I played it with my wife. You know, like I've I've gotten to experience it with loved ones, but I've never really gotten to share my love for this game with. A, a wide audience of people So I'm really excited to do that um, I adore Chrono Trigger So that's going to be a lot of fun um, I'm hoping I some I somehow Create some time to play Deus Ex Mankind Divided Later this month Just because I loved Human Revolution And that's coming out later this month uh, Mankind Divided is But I can already tell you I probably won't be able to find any time Like I just it, That game I know is going to be massive And I'm so excited for it But I don't know where I'm going to find the time to play it
0: That's really the tricky part, which that's the crazy thing. It's summer. Usually there should be tons of time for us to play this sort of thing. I never expected July to be that busy.
1: Oh, I did. July, like, summer for me and my work is like my busiest time of the year.
0: Yeah, your July is busy, but I was looking at the (laughs) releases, I'm like, there's nothing coming out in July. Yeah. And then all the Pokemon stuff happened, and next month uh, who knows what's going to be happening otherwise, but, you know, we do have Federation Force coming out, which... Oh, boy.
1: <laughs> That's going to be something else, just to see kind of how, I don't know, I, I kind of feel like Federation Force ultimately is going to be kind of a drop in the bucket, a, l- a little bit like Star Fox Zero was. Yeah. I don't think it's going to come out and people are going to say it's the worst thing ever like they've been saying. I think that it'll probably come out and people are like, oh, you know, this is actually a pretty decent game, but eh, not what we're looking for. Move on.
0: Yeah, it's going to be like, eh, this is all right, but yeah. where, where's where's the real Metroid?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... Uh, but speaking of that, though, uh, have you been checking out this another Metroid 2 remake fan project?
0: No, I have not. I, th- I think they're probably being smart and keeping it away from Nintendo, because they'll shut that down immediately.
1: <laughs> I actually, you know what? For some reason, Nintendo seems to be turning a blind eye to it, because it's actually been around in fairly high profile since 2009, hmm. and the reason I ask you that is because it's actually finally coming out tomorrow. They're releasing the final game, and it is literally a... a Metroid 2 remake in the style of Zero Mission and Fusion and believe me when I say it looks legit like it it, this is the real deal these guys know what they're doing this you know this is actually a very professionally done fan project you should go check out the trailer when you get a a couple of
0: minutes yeah I'd I'd be interested in that because Metroid 2 is actually was actually my first Metroid game nice Um, I just got it on my parents randomly got it for me on the Game Boy and I never figured out what I was supposed to do (laughs) I, I make some progress but I never realized like oh I had to hunt down all these Metroids and take them out so I could get further in the uh, further in the game because I just jump I'd explore and couldn't really find any of the secret areas uh, that I need to and then I was like well I'll just jump in the ass and see if I can find anything down there and then die but I kept yeah. but I kept coming back to it that's the thing it's like I kept dying and not figuring out but I had fun with the bits that I could play so was yeah. like, I want to get further. But no,
1: I mean, as far as I can tell, it's literally Metroid Two with all the series' modern accoutrements, kind of making it a lot more convenient to play, like Zero Mission did for the original Metroid. So, uh, unfortunately, it's only for PC and Linux now. There's apparently a Mac version coming down the down the line, so I won't be able to play it quite yet. But um, it does look really legit, so definitely check that mm-hmm.
0: out. That'd be awesome if they could get it on like a ROM cart, and uh, that would yeah. That I don't.
1: That would be cool. I don't know. I don't know if it does things. I, you know, I've only seen the trailers, so I don't know if it does things technologically that wouldn't be possible in the GBA specifically. But yeah, I mean, that would be cool.
0: Yeah, but I think that pretty much covers everything that we've been up to. So you want to get to the news? Let's do it. All right, time for some news. So speaking of Pokemon Go, Niantic is finally communicating with people. It seems uh, they, they've posted on their website. They're exp- and explained. Why they shut down the tracker websites that was help that were helping people find uh, Pokemon? You know, they want to find a specific, specific Pokemon. Is like, okay, we'll just go into PokeVision, for example, and use that to find uh, the Electabuzz I've been trying to find. <laughs> um, which you know, it, the thing is, I, I kind of get it. They needed this communication much earlier because basically yeah. the reasoning is it was sucking up a ton of their server space using that service. Right. And they had, you know, by getting rid of that, they were, like, as soon as they stopped it, two, three days later, they had that game, they had to, uh, go out in Brazil. Yeah. So it does seem to be pretty legit as far as an explanation. Still sucks that they took away the nearby list function and haven't fixed the, what was the three-step glitch. Now it's just no steps. Um Yeah because there's still there are still plenty of issues with that game there needs to be a way to find the pokemon we cannot just wander around like i'll see pokemon that i, I could definitely stand to capture more but it's like well now i don't even bother going outside because it's like i don't know where it is i could be yeah. wandering around for an hour and not find it so screw it
1: <laughs> yeah i mean you know here's the thing i you know i'm i would never be one of those ridiculously entitled people out there who are demanding changes from niantic and you know, just tweeting all these awful things out. I mean, it is their game; they can do whatever they want with it. But I will say that the changes they've made and the updates they have pushed have actually made the game a lot less fun to play. Like, mm-hmm. there's no doubt the the removal of the tracking feature and now the fact that they're it, it they've completely removed it. it. It's just it yeah, it makes it impossible to find the Pokemon around you that you actually want to get. And you know, now they've I, they're calling it a bug, and I, I guess that's what it is. But they've taken away like the experience bonuses for. Uh, you know, the good and and excellent throws. And they've made even like 100 CP Geodudes will like escape out of Pokeballs up to seven, eight times now for me. Like they're making Mm -hmm. really basic Pokemon way too hard to catch. And it's like, okay, so all these things combined really kind of kill my drive to go out and play the game. And so, you know, obviously, again, it is their game. They can do whatever they want, but I really hope they listen to the community and kind of bring the game back a little closer to what it was when it launched, especially with regard to the tracking feature, because mm-hmm. as it is, they're just making it less and less fun. Yeah. And I want to keep playing the game. I want to finish the decks. So, you know, I the ball's in your court, Niantic, but I really <laughs> want to I want to keep playing this game. It's up to you.
0: Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what it comes down to, because the game can be fun. It has problems, and people recognize those problems, but they still had fun with it. And they've essentially taken away the, that fun, and, and the, the, because of those, I don't know whether they're bugs or not. It seems weird to have a bug pop up when it already worked before. I, I don't right. know how that happened unless the updates added those bugs in, which is a possibility, but it still just seems insane that, the, that it's you know they've built up, they built up all this goodwill. People were being patient with them. yeah, and then they killed the patients. Yeah. So I can totally understand people being upset, and you know they they had that problem with somebody uh, people some people getting Articuno, and they take they took away those people those people's Articuno, and you know it's just weird. Now, I did see that they are trying to hire a community manager, which they desperately need. They really
1: need one. Yeah,
0: they need a community. They need a communications person. Constantly out there, keep, keeping people updated because that was the, that was one of the big issues. They things would happen and they'd have nothing from them. So it yeah. does seem like they're attempting to communicate more. We'll see how the game changes, but it seems like as of right now, their main focus is to get the game out in all territories, which could take a while.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, whoever they who they whoever they end up hiring for this position, I hope they increase the quality of information that is communicated because. While I generally believe them that, you know, shutting down third-party sites or tracker sites helped them release in other countries, like, I do believe them about the server stream. That infographic they released is a load of crap. Like, <laughs> you, that, that that's, like, infomercial level, you know, yeah. in, in terms of there are no numbers. Like, it's just this dumb yeah. bar graph that suddenly, you know drops, you know, hugely when uh-huh. they shut down third-party graphs. Uh, Who knows sites. what the
0: scale is on that Exactly.
1: Thing. And it's like, okay, so we're really supposed to take you seriously? Like, you can't post a bar graph without numbers. Yeah. Like, you, do, you or you can't post a chart without numbers for us to reference. Like, people are not going, that's not going to be enough for people. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like Niantic is kind of speaking down to their fan base in a way and, and, and kind of assuming that we're not as smart as we are. And I think that's a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. Because so, if there's yeah.
0: if there's one thing about Pokemon fans is that they're they are smart, exactly. <laughs> you know, to figure out IVs, EVs, stats, all this yeah. other stuff. Pokemon fans are smart, especially the hardcore ones. And guess what? The hardcore ones are playing this game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know.
1: You know, and and I think part of it too is just Niantic wasn't ready. Like the Ingress wasn't, you know, a success anywhere near the level that Pokemon Go is. And I feel like they're kind of a tech company that wasn't. It was kind of thrust into the gaming limelight without quite being ready for it. And they're still playing Mm catch-up.
0: Absolutely. And it's a shame. And I I really hope the game can turn itself around. Because as I said at at their um, Comic-Con panel, they they, they only view the game as 10% complete. I believe that. I I believe they have a lot more that they can add and introduce to this game to make it better. Like Once they introduce trading, oh, man. Especially yeah. if I can trade with you. That'd be perfect.
1: That's true. Yeah, no, that would be – yeah, because we, we seem to have exactly the opposite Pokémon in our respective regions.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to be able to trade with like, hey, you just happen to meet somebody that lives in Europe and they have the exclusive Mr. Mime. I'll yeah. trade you a Tauros. There you exactly. go. <laughs> it, yeah. It's just it, – it's stuff that would be fun to do but it's – just a matter of time, and whether people's interest hold out, we'll have to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're sitting on a gold mine, literally. Obviously, we know how how much money it's making; it's going crazy. I just, it would be just bizarre to see them completely screw all that because mm-hmm. of a few bad decisions. And I feel like, I feel like this, they can still turn it around. It's not too late, but they really need to, to start making the right decisions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, well, in more Pokemon news, I already covered this. I have this long discussion I did with Joe Merrick of Cerebi that uh, should be all, all up by the time uh, all three parts should be up for uh, people who don't subscribe to us on Patreon or uh, our patrons, I should say, um, basically talking about the new Pokemon trailer. And I thought I'd get your in- uh, impressions of it since, you know, it, it did introduce a lot and has several major changes in there. So, what do you think of all this, uh, Ash?
1: You know, <clears throat> as I've said before, I'm really continuing to enjoy the kind of different vibe this this uh, generation has so far. Um, I am loving the idea for the new Alolan forms of older Pokémon. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them creep me out. I don't like Exegutor at all. I, that <laughs> actually really 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 creeps me out and I'm just not a fan of that design at all. <laughs> but the Alolan forms of Vulpix and Ninetales, love them. Like I that's such a cool idea to take these Really, you know, iconic fire type Pokemon, and just you know, turn them into ice types, and they're so pretty. Like, I actually like them as ice types more. I think so, you know, I kind
0: of agree with you. I, yeah, I like they're their super looks cool. So much more, literally. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, they they do look just nice to look at. You, know, they have that. They have that sort of ethereal quality to them. And yeah, you know, Snow Foxes. Who doesn't love that?
1: Yeah, exactly. So um, I think that's cool. I think the Z the Z moves are you know a cool addition. Um, I. Like there's one for each type. Uh, they look really cool. I find it interesting that they're called Z moves. Which that that naming even that naming alone kind of makes me think were these you know originally a possible addition to a Pokemon Z that just got shelved in favor of going straight to Sun and Moon. Like why call them Z moves? It's yeah. just I, I found that found that interesting.
0: Yeah, the the, th- the common theory, at least I think it is, is that it ties into Zygarde in some way because yeah. Zygarde is, has been such a major player in the anime recently and also in how they've been emphasizing his new forms in the games themselves so who knows how that's all going to go but it's certainly interesting how they are emphasizing zygarde so much
1: yeah so yeah i mean that, that's that, that's kind of what i was thinking too that they had to do with zygarde and i'm really looking forward to seeing more about that whole thing um and then I guess really there's just a, there's the totem Pokemon stuff and, and the fad, the Kahuna you fight at the or you battle with at the end of each uh, island, and so it's really kind of looking like the no gym I rumor is turning out to be quite true. I mean, so far we've heard nothing about gyms, and I find that very interesting because that's really I mean that's such a mainstay of Pokemon. So I love that they're actually having the gall to take something like that away possibly, mm. and uh, yeah
0: looking at this, I'd say gyms are not in Alola at all. Although, you just did give me just an idea uh, re- right now where, what if you can after completing the uh, the Alola challenge and doing all the trials and taking on the totem Pokemon and defeating all four kahunas and all that, if you do go to one of the previous regions, I don't know which one, but one of them, and that's where you get your gym challenge as well. Wouldn't that I be think that,
1: yeah, that would be so cool, and I, I mean, I don't expect it to happen no but no getting no, to either. explore like Kanto or Johto in the Pokemon you know this current 3D Pokemon engine would be so cool mm-hmm. especially Kanto like I know they've already kind of done that with Pokemon Gold and Silver so I don't expect them to do it again and you know especially considering development today is so much more complicated than it was back in the 2D titles I don't think it's going to happen but man that would be so cool if it did
0: yeah no it totally would and I guess I, how do you feel about Jim's basically being gone
1: I'm okay with it, you know, especially if they if they use it as a an opportunity to kind of I don't know embellish in the story a bit more and give us a story that's a little more interesting than just hey go challenge these eight gems go challenge the elite four you're done <laughs> yeah. like I said I said this in a previous discussion but I really hope that Sun and Moon represents a, a return to kind of the Generation Five style of things where we actually have a villain like a legit story, villain, and you feel like you're going through a story that's more than just going through the motions of becoming the best. So, yeah, that's kind of what I'm hoping Sun and Moon does, and maybe the removal of gyms will help facilitate that.
0: Possibly, but the weird thing is, we've yet to see any type, any sign of an evil team or a villain or anything like that.
1: That's also true, which is, yeah, I mean, it may just, maybe they won't go in that direction, and, and it really will just, hey, you know, or will be just, hey, go you know journey to these four islands defeat the kahunas and and become the best and i feel like that would be a bit of a shame if that's the case but yeah. i'm holding out hope
0: there has to be some conflict somewhere you know yeah so i think I mean, maybe it might not be an evil team but there has to be some kind of evil thing somewhere or you know some sort of adversity you have to overcome rather than just a challenge the island challenge but who knows
1: but. Right, especially you know, if if the going theory and your theories uh, is especially that you know things are kind of coming to a culmination with sun and moon, like things have been being set up for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if they actually are culminating, then there has to be some sort of antagonistic element here.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I, I'm excited to see where it all goes. I am like legitimately hyped for this game.
1: Yeah, no, me me, uh, me too. I mean. Again, it's one of those things where as excited as I am for it, I'm a little worried I won't have time to play it, but I'm hoping things work out in November that I'm like, okay, I actually do have time to play this game because, you know, other than just playing it so we can talk about it, I really am excited for this for this new generation of Pokémon. So mm-hmm. I really want to play it as a fan. So hopefully I'm able to.
0: Yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's really cool is Viz is reprinting the Super Mario Adventures comic And these were the ones – it's sort of like how they did their Link to the Past comic from the old Nintendo Power uh, magazines and how they're basically – they released it before but the old print copies were massively overpriced. Yeah. (laughs) So now we're getting a much more decent price. It's a reprint. We're getting it all back in sort of like that Zelda comic again. And I'm excited for it because I've heard really good things about the Super Mario Adventures ...comic and how they did a lot of fun things with Peach
1: and... Uh, oh, yeah. ...just
0: kept the story going. I, I'm, I'm really... Like, I really want to pick this up.
1: Oh, so you haven't read it then? Or you haven't... You didn't I've, ever see it? I've
0: seen it, but I've, I've... I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I don't have the entire thing, no.
1: Oh, man. You're in for a treat because I was a huge Nintendo Power subscriber back in the day. So I, you know, I basically read those comics as they happened and they were so... At least as a kid, they were so compelling, especially for Mario. I was like, okay... As excited as I am to get a new issue of Nintendo Power for all the news and codes and things like that, I want to see what's going to happen in in the Super Mario Adventures comic, and the Zelda comic as well. Like, they were both really good. So, Mm -hmm. you are in for a treat. I mean, I'm interested in in going back and seeing how it's aged, and I suspect that it's aged pretty well, since so many people are that excited about it. And it kind of did put a fun, kind of very, very Japanese, very anime-ish, manga-heavy spin on the Mario mythos. And it was a lot of fun, so... You had you are in for a treat, I think.
0: I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I greatly enjoyed revisiting the Zelda comic. I thought that still stood the test of time, and uh, I forgot how I honestly did forget how grim that ending was.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of grim, and it's it's kind of funny how old school anime that Link to the Past manga is. Like mm-hmm. it's very just uh, it, everything down to the art. It's so old school. I think in the, the, way the artist. It's presented.
0: I think the artist was the same one from Cyborg 009,
1: which... I think you're right, yeah. yeah.
0: ...is about as old-school anime as you can get. Well, <laughs> exactly. Well, oh, that era of anime, like 80s anime. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, and you can totally see that 80s influence in, in the Link to the Past art. So, yeah, but it was very grim, and... Yeah, you know, that manga did some cool things with the Link to the Past story. It kind of went it It stuck to all the major points. Like, you have all the major tentpole events that happen in the game, but in between those... Link kind of does some different things, and you get a few different characters that never appear in the games. It's a lot of fun, actually.
0: Mm-hmm. It really is, and that's why I'm so excited for the Super Mario Adventures, Adventures comic Yeah, uh, and revisiting that. But actually, speaking of Nintendo Power, um, you heard how they have like uh, the first, I think, 180 issues, maybe, uh, on a digital service.
1: I have, and I haven't gone in in to look at them yet because I fear that if and when I do, it's going to just be a never... It's like you know when you're on YouTube and you're like, I'll watch a couple of videos, and then four hours later you're in that that (laughs) rabbit hole of related videos that you just can't stop watching. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm worried is going to happen. I'm going to go check out these digital versions of of old Nintendo Powers. I'm going to check out one issue, and I'm going to be like, well, I have to check out them all. I have to look at them (laughs) all. This is such a big... This is like nostalgia right into my veins. I was such a big Nintendo Power fan, so... I know that when I do it, it's going to be like several hours of me just being mired in it.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I've actually never had a Nintendo Power subscription, so it'd be wild to actually go back and read them like I read the old magazines back in the day, because I remember like getting official PlayStation magazine, GamePro, that, that, you know, that kind of stuff, and just reading it from front, front to back, oh, yeah. absorbing every little bit of news that you could get, because it was only coming to you at a monthly basis, which made it Wild,
1: yeah, it really was your it was your like once a month look into this strange wacky world of video games for de- video game development, and that you know back then that was pretty much all centralized in Japan. So it really was you know it's not like it was today where you have this constant dialogue and, and you know easy access uh, between gamers and developers. You know back then it was you got your monthly dose of news and that was it until the next month, and there's no way to reach out to developers on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. So It was a different time, and I I kind of missed that time in a way, so I'm looking forward to kind of reliving my memories of Nintendo Power. Because like you said, I used to to read those magazines from front to back and absorb every last detail. Like it was just – I was so hungry for it. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that's what helped my – Sort of enjoyment of just so many different games because I read yeah. about all these different ones. And I was like, "Oh, that sounds interesting. I don't want to try that out." I, I, oh man, this looks cool. And now you can easily pick and choose what games you want to follow because while well, they come out so often, <laughs> yeah, and it's also really hard to just keep have like a, a single source like get all the information that you want. Yeah. So yeah, but man, that's that's really interesting. And well, keeping on the Nintendo train, um, there's been a report out of. Um, I think it's mcvuk.com dot com that they claim, according to a source, that the NX will have, of course, Breath of the Wild, but also a new Mario and a Game Freak developed Pokemon game within the first six months of that of the console's release or the NX's release. I don't. It's not not quite a console. We don't. Know right. Sure, <laughs> right. So I can't actually say that. So of the NX's release. And what do you think about this?
1: I mean part of me almost wants to believe it. And and I, and I would not have believed it in previous generations. And I'm only considering it this time because Nintendo has gone on the record saying what we learned from the Wii U and our mistakes with the Wii U is that we need to have a really strong lineup for the NX out of the gate. Like we can't wait. We can't wait for the NX to have its first year on the market and not really have any killer titles. Like we need to come out of the gate strong with this thing. And they have said that a few times now, so I, you know, I'm inclined to believe them. the The thing that kind of makes me withdraw is, of course, the Pokemon part. Like, I mm-hmm. actually believe the Mario part. I can see that happening. Breath of the Wild, we know is happening, so that's not, that's no surprise there. The Pokemon part just makes me recoil a bit, just because it would be the first, you know, quote unquote console Pokemon game ever. Again, it's not. We don't know if it's really a console. It's hard to really know what to call it at this point but you know it is weird to think that we could maybe be getting a game freak developed pokemon game for something other than a dedicated handheld system so you know that part makes me kind of doubt it a bit but i'm i'm thinking this could be possible
0: the nx mario stuff makes complete sense as you said It, it, it all lines up with what we really know of nintendo there is no way there is no way that there's a brand new Game Freak Pokemon game coming to the NX uh, within six months. Not so soon after Sun and Moon, because right. that's going to require a ton of work. The only way that'll happen is if it's a port of Sun and Moon to the NX. Right. Only, uh, that's the only way I could see it. The only other thing I could see is maybe like something like a stadium game for the NX that right, right. works with works with Sun and Moon, which would also make sense. But also, I don't think those games were ever developed by Game Freak themselves. A lot of Pokemon games were, you know, developed by other companies and just sort of approved by Pokemon Company and unified like that. So the fact that they're specifying it's Game Freak, the only answer to that to me is a port. And it, I... I don't know if it's a good idea. They like, I, I said within six months, so of the release, so six months out from March would be about August, September. I'd say. I want to, I, I'm bad at my math, but yeah. <clears throat> around that time, and so that would be almost a year after Sun and Moon's release. So it would wouldn't be that out of the question. Release something like an enhanced port onto the. Yeah, universe. I
1: mean, I mean, they could be. Yeah, they could be enhanced ports of Sun and Moon for the NX, and I feel like the development time between the, you know, the NX's launch and Pokemon Sun and Moon's release, I feel like they could do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the, but that's the only way I could see this happen. There's no way it's going to be a brand new game.
1: <laughs> right, right. I, and I think the only way that could really also take off easily is if there's some way to import your progress, uh, for, you know, from the original Sun and Moon to, you know, whatever the, if these are actually ports. Uh, because if you have to basically buy Sun or Moon twice and start over each time, I'm not really sure how that would go over with fans. I don't think it would go over very well.
0: Well, if they decide to, if, with an enhanced port, if they decide to go down the route of, you know, the third version yeah. of the game. Yeah, yeah. So it's sort of like, I believe Gold and Silver was for the original Game Boy and then Crystal was the Game point. Boy Color.
1: So they could do that. They could do like, you know, Pokemon, I don't, what would it even be? Eclipse
0: like, is what people Oh,
1: Eclipse, think. okay. Yeah. I was going to say it would be like Pokemon Earth? Okay, so Pokemon Eclipse. So then, okay, so let's say that's what it is. You know, I would actually be really down for a, a high-definition, like, you know, legitimate Pokemon game, like a Pokemon adventure. Like, I, I think seeing the Alola region in HD could be really cool.
0: That Yeah, it would be. I, I think there would be a lot to love about that, and I think it would really excite Pokemon, Pokemon fans, especially to just take this region that they encountered and as far as I can tell, potentially love and to just really expand upon it. Yeah, I'd be down for that. But again, I'm not sure exactly how to pull it off or anything like that. It's, it's a very much in the air and who knows if this source is right. It makes sense, but who knows if it's right.
1: Well, if if that is how it pans out, you you would get the best of both worlds because given what we probably know about the NX, thanks to Eurogamers information, uh, you know, we know that it's, a hybrid, So you get the best of both worlds. You have a Pokemon game that you can play on your TV in high definition when you're home. But then when you're not home, you take it with you just like you would any of the 3DS Pokemon games or Game Boy Pokemon games. So that could be really cool.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of potential there. And yeah. I'd love to see how it turns out if this is the case. But Yeah. Yeah. Well, the last bit of news I have here is kind of minor in the grand scheme of things, but it's sort of a follow up to something we talked about last week, which is Lady Layton, and it has been confirmed by, um, by uh, I believe it's
1: oh
0: level five level five. I was yeah. for some reason I wanted to say <laughs> next level. I'm like that's not right. <laughs>
1: that's not them. Yeah.
0: So yeah, by level five, that uh, Lady Layton is being localized uh, internationally for a 2017 release, which cool (laughs) you know yeah
1: the sky is blue water is wet news at 11 I mean there's no way that game was not going to ever be announced yeah for Western territories so yeah
0: yeah it all makes sense but it's nice to see confirmation and you know I don't want to like it's it's sort of unlike uh, the Ace Attorney games you're not always sure if they're actually going to come out
1: that's was. a good point yeah I mean I feel like because it, they're they're billing it as the next game in the mainline Layton series I was always pretty confident that they are going to localize it but that's true I mean we we never did get the great Ace Attorney and uh, you know I, I feel like that, that specifically has to do with its status as kind of a side story like if and when there's you know they announce Ace Attorney 7 I'm not exactly going to be concerned that it won't come here because I feel like all the mainline games do mm-hmm. so yeah I feel like that was kind of the case with Lady Layton as well
0: yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, but that's me most of the big news stories that at least interested me uh, for this week. So why don't we go ahead and get to our topics. And as always, these are suggested to us by our Patreon backers for just $1 a month. You can uh, get this podcast three days early every Friday, or, uh, and, well, and as well, offer up these topics. So, uh, Ash, why don't you start us off? What was your, what's your topic?
1: Alright, well, uh, this week's topic for me comes from James LaRosa, who asks uh, While playing a game, have you ever encountered a part where you felt your time was wasted? Has there ever been an entire game that felt like a waste of time? Just curious about your guys' thoughts. And I thought that was interesting just because of, you know, what different people perceive what wasting time means differently. And especially as you get older, you know, I've noticed that my views toward my gaming time has have certainly shifted as I've gotten older. I mean, it used to be that when I had a kid, I had all the free time in the world and you know, why wouldn't I play video games? As long as I got my homework done and you know, went outside too, why wouldn't I use all my free time playing video games? I'm a kid, you know, you don't think about that stuff when you're a kid really. But now that I'm older, like I, I, I have had to actively kind of fight back against this, this feeling that when I'm taking some time for myself and just playing video games that I'm wasting my time because I could be doing something else that's more productive and that's always going to be true. And it's, Something that I've really had to kind of keep in check in my own head because I'm like, you know, I'll be sitting there and it'll actually start diminishing my enjoyment of the games I'm playing because I'm thinking of all the things I could be doing. I mean, I could be I could be cleaning. I, you know, I could be cleaning the apartment. I could be getting extra work done. I could be getting ahead on my work. I could be, you know, doing whatever really and except playing video games which aren't really productive at all in, in a certain way. But then there's, you know, if you... From a certain angle, you can think about it and be like, well, you know, you only depending on what you believe, you only get one shot at this. You know, we are, we're all here and we, we we live our lives and, you know, you're not wasting time if you're enjoying yourself. If you're living your life and you're doing what makes you happy, that inherently may, may, means it's not a waste of time. As long as you're getting all of your responsibilities done first, it's not a waste of time if you're enjoying yourself. So, you know, there it's, it's interesting how your thoughts kind of shift toward past times like this as you get older and that's why I picked this topic because I think it's an interesting discussion. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I love how you took this sort of innocuous question it's like yeah do you ever feel like this part of the game is sort of like a waste of time they should have cut it out and you're like <laughs> no what's uh, is any part of our lives a waste of time well, may, well, well maybe a waste I of time? <laughs> maybe I maybe
1: I interpreted the question incorrectly that's a good point because I'm I was gonna say that a, a big part of the reason that I have a hard time sticking with Pokemon games now specifically kind of keeping things top to topical uh-huh. is because grinding to me in any game like I I used to have such a tolerance for grinding when I was a kid because I had the time to do it, and now because I don't, and I'm a working adult, it's like level grinding to me, I kind of almost want to say just give me a power level button and, and just let me play <laughs> for the game. Because, and it's not because I don't want to put in the work, it's because I, I don't have the time to put into it, which is mm-hmm. one reason, I, I've talked about this a few times, I adore what they did with the PlayStation 4 port of Final Fantasy Seven. Because they let you do that triple speed thing where you can play the game at, you know, yeah, triple speed. You can basically turn off random encounters whenever you want. And basically they give you a lot of tools to play the game on your own terms, how mm-hmm. you want to experience it. And I think more games, especially more RPGs and longer kinds of experiences, really need to do that.
0: hmm Yeah, and I, I completely get you with that because <laughs> right right now I'm I'm preparing for the finale of Fire Emblem the Sacred Stones for my stream. Oh, yeah. And I have two two to go, but I'm also a little under-leveled because I've had some deaths and i got to have some of my other characters ready to go for this these last two chapters. And in Sacred Stones, it actually is possible to grind. But the thing is, it's like I'm working so much on this other stuff. It's like, man, I just, one, I don't have the time to do this. Two, when I am doing it, it's like, like you, even just playing a game for fun, I'm like, like, I'm like you. It's like, is there something for GX I should be doing? Is there something I should be working towards? Is there something I should be keeping an eye out for? Exactly. It's so hard to just relax. Yeah. And just take that bit in there. But yeah, there are, like, grinding does kind of feel like a waste of time sometimes, especially when you have limited time. Uh, the other thing that was that stands out to me as far as recently as far as a section of a game that I felt was a waste of time was when I was playing uh Paper, Mar- Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door for a stream and I got to chapter 7 where you had to find the one bomb mm-hmm. and you had to follow these clues or these like oh he was he was here I saw him here last or he's heading here next and so you'd go there and it's like, oh, you just missed him. He's going to this place next. So you revisit every single yeah, place that you I went to that. before. And unlike uh, Paper Mario 64, there's not really an easy way to go to each place. There's some shortcuts but not consistent shortcuts and they could take a while. And I'm just like, oh my god, just find him. Because I get the joke. The joke is moderately funny yeah, in a way. yeah. But it's also like, this isn't fun, <laughs> you know? revisiting all these places making making sure I get to these spots I mean yeah I can explore more and that take some other stuff but I was also so thorough my first time through they don't necessarily need to do that so exactly it's just like uh it, it really did feel like a waste and I you know was kind of down on that moment I, I'm trying to think of an entire game that felt like a waste of time and I don't even want to say bad games because I I've I played a little bit of Sonic 6. But I didn't think that was a waste of time because I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, that's the thing. I
1: I actually completely finished Sonic 06, all three stories, and Uh I still don't think it was a waste of time because Mm -hmm. I played it with my best friend. And we were both Sonic fans and we just had the best time laughing at how horrible the game was. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't really a waste of time despite how bad it was.
0: Yeah, but on the flip side of that, I played through and I go – this is my go-to bad game that I just hate more than any other that I've – played in recent memory and that's still *Kanan and Lynch 2 <laughs> uh, and I had a, I had a friend join me for that so I could test out the co-op because I was reviewing it uh, mm-hmm. at the time and it was just such a miserable experience and a miserable miserable game and we just like so tired of it by the end and just like it was just wearing us down and that totally felt like a waste of time to even attempt to do all that stuff I could have played the first three missions and been like yeah this game's a piece of crap don't play it <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I, and I think we've kind of ushered in this this gaming culture where we look at games as tasks. Like, you know, we need to we need to finish this game so we can move on to the next one, and we need to stick with this game because we started it, and you know, we just we, we have to stick with it. And it's like, no, if you actually take it take all that away and pare games down to what they're supposed to be, they're just supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. If you're not having a good time playing a game, you don't need to feel obligated to finish it. Or whatever and I think we kind of and not just like you and me but I think we as a collective whole have kind of fallen into this weird hole where we convince ourselves that we need to finish games and we need to you know play them for some arbitrary amount of time before moving on to the next one and mm-hmm. that's not really the case I mean I, I think the, tr- the true waste of time here is if you're not having a good time you're playing a video game yeah. if you're not enjoying yourself you are wasting your time because you could be doing something more productive but you're not even having fun anyway so, if you're not going to be productive, at least have a good time.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree with that viewpoint. And, you know, everybody has their own personal bot backlog. There's a ton of games I'd love to go back and play and get through that. But it also, like, you do view it as a checkbox. Well, if I stop playing this game right now, how am I going to get back to it? Because I'm, yeah. I'm still enjoying this game. And, that, and that's the other kind of indecisiveness, indecisiveness I get into sometimes, where it's like. Man, I want to play this game because I'm in this mood. I want to play this game because I'm yeah. in this mood and it's all happening at the same time and you're like, I don't know what to do. And then you end up doing nothing. You feel yeah. like an idiot.
1: And then you some yeah, so is that the paralysis of analysis? You have so many things you might want to play at any given time that you just end up playing nothing because you're like, ah, I don't want to think about it anymore. It's too hard.
0: <laughs> exactly. My brain, my poor yeah. brain.
1: <laughs> what we need is we need a real life version. We need somebody to develop a real life version of the Intertron from Chrono Trigger so we can get a full night's sleep in a second essentially oh, leaving all that all that time that you would have to sleep normally for video games it's perfect
0: that sounds uh, wonderful but you know that immediately get filled <laughs> up oh <by> yeah
1: <laughs> oh totally like you know employers would be like well if you you know an intertron in every home so more <laughs> you, productivity
0: exactly you have no excuse
1: <laughs> yeah it's like
0: oh, this is this is not working how I envisioned <laughs> no that would not work out at all mm-hmm. but no I, I I do agree with you though as long as you're having fun with a game even you know it's, it's not a waste of time. There could be definitely elements within a game that feel like a waste of time, but as long as you're having fun with the overall whole, you're in good shape.
1: Yeah, and, I, and I'm trying to think, you know, going back to the specific question, I can't think of an entire game that has ever felt like a waste of time to me, because I, I, I have a pretty low tolerance these days for that now, to where I'm like, okay, I'm really not having a good time, I'm, I'm going to move on. Um, so I can't think of an entire game that felt like a waste of time, but at the very least... I don't want to pick on RPGs because I love RPGs, but I do think that most games would benefit from a fast-forward option. So that if you do have to grind levels, for example... You know, I'm not saying that you should give me a win button. That's, that's, not, that's not fair, and I, and I can see how that breaks the underlying mechanics of your game. I get mm. that. But at least give me a, a double-speed option. So if I do need to play the game the way you intend it, and it's an RPG and you need to gain levels... Respect my time and let me gain levels more quickly. You mm-hmm. know,
0: yeah. And there's other there's been games that do experiment with that. With and they're not real releases. Like Bravely Default did that, and the world exactly, ends with, and the world ends with you did that. And yeah, it did agree, where you could set the difficulty. Like you could set your level to certain things, but if the lower your level, the better rewards you were getting. So there was sort yeah. of this mechanic where do you want to go through it easy or do you want to have these nice rewards? And I sort of, like, made, made a system for myself. It's like, okay, every five levels, I'll actually raise my level by one, you know? Oh, yeah. And got, and got through the game like that. And I love The World Ends With You.
1: No, so, yeah. And, and uh, actually, it's, it's cool that you brought up Bravely Second because, that you know, as we approach the end of the year and we, you know, we'll start thinking about our favorite games of the year, I'm still of the mind that nothing has surpassed Bravely Second for me yet this year. And, and one of the major reasons why... Is because of how convenient it is and and how much it respects you as a player. You can play that game however you want. And I want to see more games do that because it's such a good idea.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, uh, I guess moving on to my topic is (laughs) I got one from Jeremy Bernstein uh, who who asks, uh, how much stock do you guys put into reviews of anything? It seems like there's always some huge controversy lately over who likes or dislikes a movie or game. And critics don't seem to always be in line with the public, especially with things like ghostbusters and suicide squad. Thought it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts since you guys do your own reviews. And in my opinion, very, very respectable ones. So appreciate that. First off, uh, right off the bat.
1: Yes. Thank you. So,
0: yeah. Um, So for me personally, I do pay attention to reviews and sort of – I don't fully base my opinion off of them. Like what I like to do with reviews is I have this – this one guy has a a YouTube thing. He does – it's called uh, Midnight Screenings. a guy named – goes by the the name Cinema Snob and he just gets into his car as soon as he's done with his – watching a movie. It's pretty much every movie that comes out every week and he'll just talk about it with his friends and sometimes he'll talk about movies that I had – no, it was not on my radar at all and he'll be like no this was actually really good uh like uh that did you hear about that movie nerve i think it's called no yeah so not on my radar at all i saw it and i saw a trailer for it once and apparently like it's not a great movie but it's one of those dumb fun movies where you can just enjoy it for what it is and actually have some decent tension and everything else and so i think that's A nice way of uh, uh, how critics can really uh, affect you and make a more positive aspect or stuff like that. A lot of people uh, view critics as a way of reaffirming their own thoughts. They need to have that backup as like, oh, I thought it was going to be like this and – uh, this person agreed with me, so obviously he is the best thing ever. Or I thought it was going to be a great, and this guy says it sucks, and he's stupid for thinking that. Yeah, that, that idea. And I think the reason that happens, especially with movie critics uh, and even game critics, is because critics get it early. We're at, we're playing this stuff and experiencing this stuff way before some, well, a few days before, or maybe even a lot of times, way before people of the public get get their hands on it themselves, and so. They're going off of what their expectations are and we're going off of what we experienced and I think that butts head – head, they butt heads quite often and that's what leads to that conflict because all of a sudden these guys are like, no, this this looked amazing. How could this be bad? And then you hear about like all the bad things and you're like, oh, that's how. And some yeah. people are like, no, I don't believe you. You're just trying to confuse me because I knew – exactly what i was looking for with this movie and I, I think that might be where the conflict is coming into play it's it's hard to say and there's you know the thing the thing the way i treat reviews is i try to find people that have similar but different opinions than mine i i i feel like you know he'll make let's say this guy makes a recommendation for this movie and i go see it and i end up really enjoying it it's like he did That's a critic I want to pay attention to because his tastes align with mine. But if I see a critic says, I love this, and I go see if this is stupid, I was like, man, I can't get into this at all. I'm like, well... Then you probably shouldn't follow that critic anymore because he doesn't have your taste in movies, and that's the key thing here. You don't want to have that recognition. You want to have somebody who has similar taste to you, which is why I always try to explain during my reviews where I'm coming from with a game. This right. is my taste. This is what I'm. This is what I think of this game going into it beforehand. Which uh, one of the more recent controversies uh, from us? Not even a controversy, but people were getting on. I had uh, Ted from Brain Scratch review. Uh, Pokemon Super Mystery Dungeon, and he had never gone into a he never really played a mystery dungeon game before, and he just couldn't get into it. It wasn't his type of game. He made an attempt to play it; it wasn't for him. Yeah. So I think I still think his review is worthwhile because, as somebody else that maybe not have have never played mystery dungeon games before and might have been interested in that, was like, well, he didn't like it, and I kind of am going for, coming from the same place so it gives you a bit more of an informed opinion and that's that's why you really need to know sort of wherever where a critic is coming from in many cases but that, I'm just rambling at this point what about you Ash
1: no I, I totally agree with you and I think reviews have kind of taken on their own culture now especially in games where you know there's kind of this review culture where every time a big-name game approaches release I think the review for, for enthusiasts like like us at least the review of the, the review embargo dropping is almost as big an event as the release of the game itself because that's when the floodgates of opinions and scores are going to come in Mm -hmm. and it's kind of it's fun to get kind of caught up in that hype that doesn't mean that you need to take every review seriously it doesn't mean that you you know if if a game comes in and scores lower than you thought it would it doesn't mean that you need to cancel your pre-order or whatever it just means that it might not be for some people and it is for others but it is kind of fun to get to get swept up in the review hype of, Mm -hmm. of a big new release and and I enjoy that. On the other hand, I think it can become incredibly toxic, like what we're seeing right now with No Man's Sky, and how you know you can't, you basically can't go on a forum without you know tripping over a debate about you know people canceling their pre-orders for the game because this one guy got it early and streamed it, and you know it's not delivering on its promises. But these, but this, it's, it's kind of all hearsay too. And now people are just are just kind of talking about the Metacritic score it's going to get based on. Hearsay, and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, so I do enjoy getting caught up in in review culture, but at the same time, it can be a little toxic, and I think detrimental to games because a lot of people really only do care about that Metacritic score. It, that should not be the case, and I kind of wish Metacritic didn't exist. I, I understand mm-hmm. that it serves a purpose, but I think it's I think it's more toxic than than I think it, I think it does more harm than good. Basically, is what I'm trying to say, mm-hmm. and. So, you, you get these kind of toxic situations where, like, No Man's Sky comes out in a few days, and it's, it's sounding like a lot of people have already given up on the game before it's even come out or before the review embargo's even dropped because one guy got, their, got a chance to get it early and has streamed it, and now people are already kind of forming their opinions of what the game's Metacritic score is going to be. And it's like, ugh.
0: Yeah, you come on. You, sh- and you really shouldn't do that because one of the most recent examples of a game that, you know, a lot of times it's viewed as a bad sign when a game or a movie or whatever has a very yeah. late embargo. It's yeah. like it's coming out so soon, it's like, oh boy, and even we'll say the same thing. It's like, oh man, it is really totally. close. And there's sort of that natural, natural instinct there. But then we have the most recent Doom, which yeah. did have a very late embargo. And guess what? Everybody loves that game. I want to play it. I'm, I'm waiting for it to drop in price because I don't care about the multiplayer at all. And you know I don't have time to play it as of right now. But I do want to pick up that game eventually and play it because it looks badass. I am really excited to play the new Doom. And I've heard really good things. And that had a late embargo. And I, I, I think the same thing might happen for No Man's Sky. I have no opinion whatsoever on that game. It could be right. interesting. But it also doesn't seem like my type of game. Which... Again, exactly. it goes back to my idea of you got to find something like that sort of ki- that kind of aligns with your taste, where you can agree with this guy's opinion, but he also might introduce you to things that you didn't think you'd like. But hey, he liked it, so maybe I'll like it too.
1: Exactly, I think I think that you also need to not only you know, yeah, you're you're reading game reviews, you're watching game reviews, but I think you also need to review the reviewer that you're watching or, or mm-hmm. reading because. You, you hit the nail on the head, Derek. It really is—it comes down to each person's individual tastes. I don't really believe, in most cases, that games are objectively good or bad. It really does come—it it depends on the angle you're approaching it from. Like, yeah, um, a, a good example, you, you've done this in your own reviews, and I did this in uh, my Hatsune Miku reviews, and I'll probably repeat this in my mm-hmm. upcoming Project Diva X review. One of my first things that I say in those reviews is, hey— if you're not into what Miku is, if, if just, you know, the idea of, you know, really fun, cute pop music and, you know, Japanese digital pop idols, if that, all that bothers you and you're not into that whole thing, you're going to hate this game. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Go watch, you know, go play something else. Go, this game isn't going to change your mind on that. And it shouldn't. It doesn't need to. But I, as a reviewer, I enjoy these kinds of games. So know that going in. I'm not reviewing this from the perspective of someone who's never seen one of these games before. I love these games. I love this, you know, this ridiculousness. So know that going in, and you know, this if you don't like what Miku is, you're never going to like it. So and, and this game isn't going to change your mind. So I, I so instead of looking at it from is this game good or bad, look at it more from the from the approach of is this game for me in the first place, and then let's investigate within the context of this game being for me, is it good or bad.
0: Yeah, and there's still like uh, possibilities. You could find a game that you think you'd have no interest in, interest in, and still have a lot of fun with. Take for Miku, Miku, for example. I had a girlfriend who really was into Miku, so I was all right. I'll check this out with you, and I ended up really enjoying it. You know? Nice, you know. I, I had fun with it, uh, but there's also, I think what we're also getting at. I'm gonna, I'm really stepping on a landmine with this one. <laughs> but, oh man! But the myth of objectivity. Everybody wants objective reviews and I'm here to tell you right now that is impossible. Some people try to sell themselves as objective reviewers, but it's impossible. You cannot go into a a game uh, without having some sort of bias. You can definitely try to ignore your biases as much as possible and try to obtain an objective review. But it also is – you're still going to be colored by your experiences. Like if I try to go objectively review a – uh, hockey game. I mean, I still might find the product fun. Yeah. But I don't care about hockey games. so Exactly. it's not going to be as fun for me as if I was playing Ratchet & Clank, you know? A totally. S- a silly platformer game, but that kind of thing. So y- it really is so hard to have an objective review. And I think a lot of uh, an issue that people do is like, okay, it's not – you know, it, when people look at those combinations like uh, Metacritic and whatnot, they, Metacritic shows the website. So IGN gave this review, uh, this game, an 8.5. GameSpot gave this game a, I, I don't know what their scale is, a 4.5, let's say, yeah. uh, out of whatever. And it's th- the people view that as the company itself, not the individual reviewer. It's not, right. you know... This person at IGN thinks this. This person at exactly. GameSpot thinks this. So when all of a sudden a similar game comes out, that people are like, "Well, IGN gave this game this score, and this person, and then it gave this game that's obviously better this score. How'd that happen? How is this game that we know is worse get a better score than this other one?" And then yeah. you look at the reviewers, and they have two completely different reviewers.
1: Yeah, it kind of homogenizes an entire company of of different people with different opinions into this one collective. You know, company, uh, they all have to unite under this one company banner, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, because of the way Metacritic does things. And I I agree, that's not the way people should be looking at things, just because, you know, an outlet isn't one opinion. An an outlet is multiple people from different backgrounds and different experiences talking about their thoughts. So it isn't just GameSpot thought this. No, this one person at GameSpot thought this. Mm -hmm. If another reviewer at GameSpot had reviewed the game, it could have gotten a completely different score. And I think that's so important to keep in mind it's like get to know your reviewers there's nothing wrong with kind of you know paring down the reviews you read or watch to a a few specific people who like you said Derek have similar but different tastes to you there's nothing wrong with that like if you Mm -hmm. think I'm an idiot for loving Final Fantasy 13 and and think I have nothing you know that's relevant to you to say about any other game because of that I get it no problem I Mm -hmm. get why a lot of people didn't like FF13. I personally loved it but if you think I'm an idiot for that don't follow my reviews I totally get that but that doesn't mean that Game Explain thinks FF13 was awesome. It means I did. So go watch, you know, maybe, uh, maybe people think that what you have to say on that is more relevant because they are you know, their tastes in gaming align with yours more. And that's completely fine. And I've seen a lot of people tweet at us about stuff like that how they'll, you know, that we, we all seem to have kind of our different individual tastes. So they tend to follow one of us or the other one a little bit more. I think that makes perfect sense.
0: Yeah, totally. It, it totally makes sense that certain people would be more on, you know, more in line with one of us than all of us. You know, that, that yeah, that sort of works out. And, you know, there, there actually was a magazine. I have no idea how they pulled this off each month. But Electronic Gaming Monthly, for a while there, they had three critics on yeah. each game. And have like a sort of like this is what this score this is what this person thought this is what this person thought this is what this person thought and I love that yeah you get a nice little mix like and sometimes it'd be really interesting where like oh this game is terrible and the other person's like what are you talking about this is great and
1: I always love EGM review section because of that like Mm -hmm. of all the old magazines EGM had in my opinion the best reviews because directly because of that approach and actually before it was three they used to have four remember. Oh, right. Yeah, they used yeah. to have four thoughts, and they pared it down to three, which I can see why, because I'm sure just the logistics of that got way too intense. Yeah, but, it's
0: it's hard to pull that off. I mean, it'd be nearly impossible for all three of us to review every game that comes exactly. out. Exactly.
1: I mean, logistically, if we could, I think that would be the way to go. I wish we could, or have one lead reviewer, and then the other two of us chime in with our thoughts. If yeah, that was possible, I think yeah. that would be great. Obviously, it's not. But, yeah, I think when that's possible, that's the way to go. You should get... A collection of thoughts on a game and not just one because it you know one it, it's it's deal old dodge one man's trash is another person's treasure mm-hmm. or sorry yep. one person's trash is another person's treasure so <laughs> yeah
0: yeah and then that's why you follow multiple reviewers from different companies so you're like I, I like this person from this place and i like this person from this place and huh interesting this guy really liked this movie this guy did not Right. I hmm, will have to see it for myself. And a lot of times, like, I'll see, like, the uh, most recent ones, uh, one of the more recent ones is um, sometimes you get morbidly curious. Like, oh, man, Superman versus Batman is so bad. Or, like, why is it bad? Then you mm. I, I end up seeing, like, the reasons why it's bad. It's like, oh, God, I don't need to see that at all. Like, I'm morbidly curious to see you play out, but also I was like, I don't want to waste the time. Right. Money. <laughs> you know? But now, That's, you know, we're
1: also looking at this from the perspective of of enthusiasts and game journalists we're not looking you know there is also the perspective of Joe Gamer who you know isn't necessarily a gaming enthusiast they Mm -hmm. you know they go to work all day and they get home and they just want to have a beer and play a game they don't have to think about and that is a legitimate perspective And, and I think as much as I don't like Metacritic Metacritic does serve a purpose for those kinds of people. You know, mm-hmm. there are a lot of people out there who aren't enthusiasts. They just want to know what the hot new game is. They want to go home and play something that's fun. They don't want to have to think about it. Go read reviews. So they go to GameSpot, say hey, or sorry, GameStop, and say hey, what's the big you know the new game coming out that I should play? And that's really as far as they go. And and so I think Metacritic exists for people like that. So it's hard to hand wave all that away and, and be like, well, it's toxic and it's. You know, it's, it does more harm than good because even though that's how I feel, there I, you know, I'm an enthusiast. There are so many people out there who just want to know mm-hmm. what to play and and don't want to have to do the research. And I understand that.
0: Yeah. Or, or parents, you know. it's like, oh, parents, this game cool. yeah.
1: So I do understand that. You know, yeah. it, it, it's kind of a tricky balance to achieve, I think. But I do understand the, the importance of ease of access for people who just want to know how good a game might be.
0: Mm-hmm. Reviews are complicated.
1: <laughs> yeah, they really are. It really is a complicated kind of culture.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I mean I try to make it as un- uncomplicated un- uncomplicated as possible for myself when I review a game. Yeah, what did I think? Yeah, pure and simple. Did I yeah. have fun? So, and here's all the reasons I had fun, and hopefully this helps you make an informed decision. <laughs> yeah, I mean
1: it, it. It is very easy for us as reviewers to kind of, kind of get caught up in. Uh, I, I don't know, I guess caught up in making things more complicated than they need to be. Sometimes it really is just you have to take a step back from what you're writing or recording and just be like, wait, what am I really trying to say here? Like, I feel like I'm overcomplicating things. Did I enjoy the game? Would I re- Would I recommend it to other people who enjoy the kind of games I do? Mm-hmm. Done. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And... You know, we all we all have examples of that. Like, I went all out for Xenoblade Chronicles X because I love the game that much, and I wanted to really show people. Like, I wanted to uncomplicate the game because it is so big. So here's yeah. everything about the game.
1: I remember he you. You went to town in that review. Mm-hmm.
0: I because I, I really wanted <laughs> people to understand it, and I think, and it made me feel real feel really good when people were like, "Oh, I get it now. This sounds right up my alley." And the other people were like, "Oh, see, I'm looking at all this. This doesn't look interesting to me." And like, that's fine. Yeah, you got an informed opinion because I decided to go into so much depth. Exactly, and that's always a relief.
1: <laughs> no, absolutely. No, yeah. You know, there's always that kind of that that initial kind of tinge of fear that comes with publishing a new review because you don't you never really know how people are going to react to anything on the internet these days Mm -hmm. so you never know if you if your review is going to be the one for whatever reason that just sets the internet on fire and causes all this this firestorm of controversy you know it's a little scary putting something out so putting something new on the internet for people Mm -hmm. to digest
0: Especially these days. I mean, like, you, as the person said, Suicide Squad. There's that whole <laughs> change.org yeah. about shutting down rotten tomatoes even though Ugh. they have nothing to do with it.
1: See, so. and, that, and that's the other part of it is that people are, are not good at just letting people disagree with them. Like it's mm-hmm. okay for people to disagree. Like it doesn't – it fosters conversation and that's a good thing. It fosters debate. It's okay if people didn't like this new movie that you love so much. It's not the end of the world.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah That's why I, I can't get upset At somebody
1: like, he's like <laughs> just don't get it
0: Exactly I mean like Hey I like this It's like Oh I don't quite Understand it But good for you You enjoyed something and as we said before with yours, if you're having fun with something, it's not a waste of time. Exactly. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. So I think that pretty much wraps up my topic. But we all, as always, when Andre's not here, we have a combined topic. And I actually grabbed it from a couple different sources this time because they all kind of fall in line with one another. Uh, one I thought was going to be rather short, and we'll start with that one before we get into the other one, which three people uh, asked the same question. But uh, <clears throat> from Jonathan San Agustin, he wants to know – what, in your opinion, is the best generation of Pokemon based on gameplay and or designs of Pokemon? Also, from what we've seen from Sun and Moon, where do you think it will rank on your list? So, I, it's really, really quick. What's your favorite generation of Pokemon, Ash? Three. Three?
1: Really? Well, uh, yeah, which is, I know, not the popular answer. Now, not based on the Pokemon designs. Based on Pokemon designs, probably one or five. But in terms of the overall package, I just love three. I love the Hoenn region. I don't think there's too much water. I, I like the, I like I like the story that kind of was associated with that region, with you know uh, Groudon and Kyogre, and I, I don't know. I just I really enjoyed kind of getting sucked into that region. And none of the other regions have really captivated me since like that or before. So overall, three. But if we're look, take, talking about specific aspects, then I mean maybe other generations. But three overall.
0: Okay, that's really interesting. I, I love that fact that everybody can have sort of this own generation. Like I'm not a fan of Sinnoh of the Sinnoh region, but a lot of people that was their first and they love that region. And I and I I get it. I get it. There's a lot of things to like about that generation. That's the generation that got me back into Pokemon. So I can't hate Sinnoh.
1: Like That's so interesting because that was a generation that almost drove me away from it permanently.
0: Yeah, that's it. yeah. I, that's so I skipped, interesting. I lost my interest in Pokemon with second gen, after second gen. Skipped third gen until I came back to it after a while. Uh, once I got back into it because of uh, because of the fourth gen. Yeah, and I you know I still think fourth gen has the best battle uh, trainer battle music of the oh really series, by far. I think it is the best. Like, it has that put up where, uh, where it's da 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 da, and it gets builds up this like sort of epicness, epicness of the fight. So, I do uh, like
1: that song. I, I I don't like the sound font they use for those games. I feel like there's it kind of sounds tinny, but the the music itself is great.
0: Mm-hmm. But as far as my favorite generation, it was I I always say it's Gen Five. I thought. Yeah, Uh, especially because of the both versions that we got with black and white. I thought it was awesome to get like a brand new slate of Pokemon, something completely different. We weren't weren't running into the same Zubats over and over again. And I thought the Pokemon designs were quite good, even though they were obviously like, this is our new take on Zubat or this is our new take on Geodude, that sort of thing. But it's still it's a new design. So I was able to really get into it. Plus, as we've said many times before, the story was fantastic to see them. Tackle something like that for their what they're trying to tell. And then they go into black and white, too, and, like, all of a sudden, all these unique Pokémon types are being tied into, the, like, this region and you've got so much variety. All of a sudden, it's like, okay, now I'm really seeing the advantage of having so many Pokémon available because we get yeah. just so much di- different things they encounter. And the story was uh, not – I don't think it was quite as strong as the first one, but still really entertaining. And I, I, I love that gen so much. It actually surpassed gen two for a while because gen, everybody loves gen two because you get the the brand new stuff and then you return the Kanto. Right. Uh, um, but I guess go on to the second part of that. Do you think Sun and Moon can surpass Gen three for you?
1: You know, I it's not it's not impossible. I mean, I I, I actually agree with you a lot. If, if my favorite wasn't Gen three, it would be Gen five, and I. Kind of have until I see more about whether there's really going to be a story this time around, or if it really is just kind of going to be going around and defeating the Kahunas and becoming the best. You know that I'll have to wait until I see what's going on there, because I think the only way for me that that Gen Seven could surpass three and five would be for it to have a strong story, because three I kind of thought was. It almost kind of acted as a predecessor to 5 in that it did kind of pile on the story elements a little heavier not mm-hmm. nearly as heavy as 5 of course but it did kind of emphasize the mythology a little bit more than 1 and 2 did and so I think that's kind of what I'm looking for if I, if I if I stand back and think about it I think I'm looking for a Pokemon game where I enjoy this awesome gameplay but I also get to kind of enjoy a little bit of story with there too mm-hmm. so I think really that's going to be dependent on whether Sun and Moon have that element to it
0: and I'm pretty much in agreement there. I, I do think... I, I think I'm a little bit more confident than you. I think even if the story isn't quite as strong as 5, 6 might still be able to surpass it just because of the region and how they're changing up so much about the structure of the game, to see them right. take risks with this generation. And I gotta say, there's... you know the, Outside of a few ones that I'm a little unsure of, like Bruxish or uh, 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 Beware, I <laughs> love most of the designs of these new Pokemon I think they are super strong mm-hmm. they're uh, they really got my interest and I, I I cannot wait to try them out and see which ones end up on my team which ones I gravitate toward and to see them change up the structure of the game they have something so unique and so different yet still kind of following what Pokemon's all about like yes yes I, I want I love this region I love these Pokemon please nail the landing. And I yeah. can easily see this surpassing Gen Five.
1: Well, yeah, purely from a game design and gameplay standpoint, in terms of the risks they're taking and, and all the, the new different things they're doing, I think Gen Seven absolutely stands a very good chance of becoming a new favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it's like you said, as long as it sticks to the landing, it really does stand a chance because they're really. They're they're leaving their comfort zone a bit here in terms of kind of how they're switching things up, and I think that's really exciting. So I do think there's a decent chance that Gen Seven could become my new favorite. Uh, I'm not ready to go there quite yet, but I you know if if everything comes together in the way that I hope that it will, I think there's a chance for sure. Mm-hmm, absolutely. But I, I, either way, I think it's going to rank on the higher half. Of oh yeah, list for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's already almost guaranteed a spot like that. But it's also interesting to see how Game Freak once they get their second crack at a pokemon game on a on a system like it just it's how much stronger it is like gen 2 is obviously much stronger than gen 1 gen uh 5 is much stronger than gen 4 right and right now it obviously it really seems like gen 7 is going to be stronger than gen 6
1: you know that and that's interesting too because i know that gen 6 gets a lot of retroactive hate like a lot of people seem to really not like gen 6 overall which i don't quite get I, th- I think some of it has to do with the lack of post-game content and i get that mm-hmm. but i actually really really enjoy gen six like x x and y for a while there i could not put down like i literally every free second i would get i would just get a, I li- i would get a little further in pokemon x because i was enjoying it and i was that compelled to keep playing it so i don't know S- people seem to really dislike six but in my mind sun and moon have a bit of work to do in my mind to surpass x and y so I don't know. Yeah. I, I hold those games in higher regard than most. I
0: think. no, I, and I do too. I, I really enjoyed Pokemon X and Y. I do think, looking back at it, you know, with a clear head, clear head beyond the you know the excitement I had for that game, I think that the pacing is a little off. Sure, um, because it has such a slow start, and then all of a sudden, boom, 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 you're getting yeah, just like that's crazy. true. Yeah. The pacing is really off. The team flare is not an interesting villain even though they're playing it eh, might be a little bit interesting as far as the lore is better than the story I'll put it that way
1: that's true and that and experience. and Lysander has some kick-ass battle music too yeah
0: he totally did and to see you know the world I I greatly enjoyed and there was a lot to it I, I love the variety I think I did it I do think it surpassed Black and White 2 as far as sheer variety uh-huh. uh, of Pokemon um, and that excited me a lot when I was playing it at the time but yeah no, I don't think I mean, I'd have to really think about how I'd rank each Pokemon game, but I think Gen 6 would be on the upper half of my list. Yeah. So, yeah. But there is one more Pokemon question from three different people. (laughs) (laughs) This comes from Sharn Armor, Nintendo Force, and Steven Anchor, And all of them basically have the same question, which comes down to, what Pokemon would we like to see get Alola forms?
1: man i was not prepared for this question um there i mean there are only like 700 to choose from um, oh yeah the only few. man well i i want to see i, I mean it, it'll never happen but i want to see you know my love of the vanil- vanilla line i want to see like i don't know a poison type vanilla or vanillax <laughs> something like that or something that makes ice cream dangerous i want i want to see it's like you know a fire type ice cream pokemon or you know poison type you know vanilla something like that um I don't know. Do you have any uh, off, off the top of your head?
0: The only one that came to the top of my head because I'd have to really sit down and think about it because yeah. you know it, it's hard to just sit down and think. Oh, what if Vulpix was an ice type? I, that would have never occurred to me. It, you know, it, it, naturally. You know, right? So. Or what if an executor all of a sudden grows a very long neck and uh, becomes part dragon? <laughs> <It's> yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. You, know, you can't predict these things. But also, I was like, I just as a funny thought as I was as, as I was thinking about this question, like, wouldn't it be funny if we had a thin, fast Snorlax?
1: <laughs> that would be cool, like a fighting type Snorlax or something.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like just this really fast, really, really hard hitting Snorlax. He doesn't have the HP that he used to does. He does otherwise, but all of a sudden, like he, he still has that. Uh, sheer amount of different moves that he can learn, but he's much faster and can hit a lot harder. That'd be is cool. That, I, I, thought, I think that'd be fun. Just, plus, I, I think it's hilarious to, to imagine a thin Snorlax.
1: <laughs> that is pretty cool. Um, Yeah, I know. I like that idea. I was also thinking of the idea of EVception, where we start having like water-type Flareon and f- fire-type Vaporeon. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and, no, no. That's a horrible idea. That should never happen. But, um, man, I'm trying to think of... I I, I was going to say it would be cool to have, like, a water-type Pikachu, but then I I realized we already have that in (laughs) Meryl. We already
0: got Pika Blue.
1: Yeah, we already have that. It would be be
0: interesting if they changed Pikachu's typing. What do you think they would change it to, like, if he lost his uh, electric typing?
1: What if he was a ground-type Pikachu? Like, what if he just evolved to, whatever reason, there's no electricity wherever he's living, so he becomes, like, a ground-type Pikachu, which is interesting because, you know, that's what electric-type is weak to.
0: Yeah, I I know you're not the one. That, neither of us are have this encyclopedic knowledge of this. But that's a hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there has to be a, like an electric ground type, right? Even though they're complete opposites.
1: I'm pretty sure there actually is. So. Yeah, I, I think there has to be. But yeah,
0: I think an electric ground type would be interesting
1: for people that. Would be too. cool. Has there ever been a poison type legendary? I feel like that would be cool too. There should be like a poison type legendary.
0: I'm not sure. Or other, a bug type well, legendary, other, other than Arceus.
1: That's um, true. Yeah, yeah.
0: But that's sort of a. You know, getting You know, that's yeah. cheating a bit. It is, uh, um, but no, I don't God. think so. There's no. I don't think there's ever been a poison type legendary. Which I don't know which point. Which which one would you turn into a poison type? Huh.
1: I don't know, but I feel like you know. Shouldn't there be one of every type of legendary eventually? Like you know, in terms one, of one would think. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying oh. to think of what would be. It'd be cool. <laughs> it would be cool to maybe turn like uh, Pidgeot or like Talonflame into a Steel type. But then, see, then we have Skarmory. We have Skarmory already. So I feel yeah. like, yeah, see, it's, it's so hard. I feel like so many of the ideas you can come with actually have been done. So you have to be really careful about it.
0: Yeah. wouldn't it be. Uh, what if, like, uh, Trubbish or Grimer got a um, a fairy typing?
1: <laughs> that would be really cool. <laughs>
0: Just a, like, trash fairy.
1: <laughs> or how about, you know, I bet I bet uh, changing the typing for, like, the Gastly line would be, be pretty cool. Like, maybe... Ooh. Maybe ghost Dark
0: a, instead of Ghost Poison.
1: Yeah, there you go. Or you could do like a uh, like an Electric type, Ghastly and Haunter and Gengar. Like that'd be that'd be kind of cool. Ooh,
0: that'd be really cool to see them. See what they do to change up the typings of those guys. Because boy, I they'd be so I'd be so down with those that th- that trio if it wasn't for that damn Poison typing.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. The Poison typing is never. Yeah, that's never a, a fun thing.
0: Yeah, especially in the first gen, they were your only option to take on other to take on psychic types with any real yeah chance, and that the, their stats were not built for it, and they had that weakness. So, yeah,
1: I feel like a fighting type, uh, a fighting type, Alex Zam could be pretty cool.
0: Ooh, that would be pretty
1: cool. Kinda I wonder like what I'd that would I'd, even look like.
0: I'm not sure. Like, uh, like almost kind of like our fighting Mewtwo, psychic fighting.
1: Maybe, maybe instead of using you know having his two little spoons, he has one giant spoon that he wields. Kind of like, uh, oh, yeah. what girder? That girder line from Gen 5, I think?
0: Yeah. 6. Something like that. I think Gen 5. Oh, okay. That'd be, oh, that'd be funny to see him using a <laughs> giant cool. spoon. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's uh, all buff. yeah. I think that'd be pretty it. fun. It's, I, there's I,
1: so many possibilities.
0: Yeah. There really is, like, having, like, the Hitmonchan's Chan's, like, uh, um, like Hitmon Chan learning kickboxing moves or Hitmon Lee learning punching moves. Or something yeah. Like that. And changing up their typing to, benefit that I don't know I just you know there's a lot of ways they can have a lot of fun with this and I'd love I, I cannot wait to see more
1: me too I mean they're already off to a strong start with the Ice-type Voltix and Ninetales like I love that idea um, I think I'm, I'm only slightly I mean they probably chose to sh- show those off together because they're both Ice-types I just hope they don't get predictable because already you have the Ice-type Voltix and Ninetales which is cool but then I thought the Ice-types or the Ice-type uh, Sand Slash and Sand Shrew were like Okay, that's cool, too, but couldn't you have done something else? Like, I hope it doesn't get too predictable.
0: Well, there is that rumor uh, that does very much seem like um, Marowak might have a fire typing.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So I don't oh, know if I think I did gra- hear about that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it'll be a ground fire type or just pure fire, but uh, based on the, what I was seeing and who, who it's associated with as far as the trial captains, I'm thinking like a... Um, Fire, Fire twirler Marowak with its bone.
1: That would actually be really cool.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm totally down for that. Oh yeah. So I I mean there's so much possibility here, and I think that's what I love about this generation so far is how much possibility it has.
1: Right. Well, and actually that does remind me. I wanted to ask you because you're you know you you follow it so much more closely. Um, I know you're not a fan of rumors at all, but do you are you, do you subscribe to the idea that the reveal of that NPC? Basically, confirms those that Chinese leak with the final evolutions. Oh,
0: of um, well, the, th- the thing is, I don't believe that because I, I did bring this up in the analysis. Basically, mm-hmm. the presence of Mallow, which is that trial captain, uh-huh. uh, she appears in the sort of like concept art for right. these three, um, st- the starter final evolutions, right? Which pretty much confirms those other than maybe a few changes that's kind of what I think So yeah ago. It, it's pretty much a guarantee the Chinese I don't think that's associated with the Chinese leak though I think it was a completely separate leak oh Chinese, okay my bad the Chinese leak is the one that had predicted supposedly uh Yes, Saland- uh, uh, yeah Saladin um as a Pokemon and a bunch of others, but none of those Pokemon that it's predicted have appeared yet. The only thing that's come forth is that the Z crystal, the the Z crystals might have. You know, these crystals are sort of like the Mega Stones, which, duh. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, to me really. that's not that's not much of a leak. <laughs> yeah, like, obviously these crystals are going to be important in some way. They just yeah. didn't, and they might be probably going to be similar to Mega Evolution in some way, but they didn't come out and say. Like oh it's gonna be it's gonna power up every single move for yeah. every Pokemon you know have the super move for every Pokemon of each type uh, so that that's not convincing to me but the other one is also that it was getting rid of gems which is a bit closer to making that seem more legit but it's also not definitive enough for me right. until one of the Pokemon they predicted is true I'm not buying it
1: yeah but, I don't blame you, yeah
0: so because a lot of the stuff is either obvious or not strong enough for me to be convinced and well you know me in rivers and how oh, yes likely, <laughs> likely i am to actually buy into them so yeah. you need these they need to do better for me
1: <laughs> yeah i don't blame you that's definitely the the safe and and i think better position to take
0: mm. and you know if the thing is it's easier a like, lot it's easier for me to admit the to admit i'm wrong than i uh, about You know them being right than it is for me. Like this is totally right. It's wrong. Oh, yeah. I feel more like an idiot that way. (laughs) Right. No, I know what you mean. So yeah. But I think that does it for episode 26 of the Game Explain Real Talk podcast. As always, thank you guys so much for watching. And if you want to get these podcasts three days early, just uh, become a Patreon sponsor for just one dollar a month. Uh, get them three, as I just said, three days <laughs> early every Friday. And you can offer up these topics we cover, which we covered quite a bit of uh, this week, despite Andre not being here. Uh, it's always fun to answer them and see what kind of conversations we get like our crazy review <laughs> review uh, discussion.
1: Yeah, it was it's, a great discussion.
0: Yeah, it was fun. So catch you guys later. Bye.